Welcome back to the Hotcast. I am your host, Chicago Fire Editor at Hot Time and Old Time Ruben Tish. And joining me as always is my co-host RJ. RJ, what's that noise going on in the background? Uh, my neighbor's upstairs. Just doing random nonsense? Yeah. That's not nice. You should tell him you're doing a podcast to, to knock it off. Well, we apologize for all the neighbor noise. Uh, I'll try and take out of it as much as I can, but there's only so much I can do. When... I mean, usually around this time, trains are blaring, and since I live under the flight path of O'Hare, uh, planes are, but I guess it's quiet on their front, so I guess the neighbors have to compensate on that. That's fair. Um, Speaking of compensating, we are going to try and compensate your entertainment value about the Chicago Fire, since the Fire can't be asked to do it themselves, as they lose 2 to nothing on Saturday in the last game at uh, Columbus Crew Stadium. RJ, um, I wrote to, uh, yesterday um, that there were some positives, but I don't want to talk about those yet. Um, let's start as we always do by asking why they can't score goals. Can't even get a shot on target with 60% possession and 82% pass completion. I, and also I think the fire shot Columbus by one. Yeah. 15, yeah, 14, 15, 14. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's just a mystery at this point. It's I I honestly don't know because you have the midfield pulling the strings together, which they actually did for the most part, uh, apart from some uh, a few mishaps. Um, but Barrich is Barrich, and you know, for he's still young, he's you know still fresh in this league. So you really can't rely on him. I and you really can't rely on the midfield and you know Sekulich as well. So I honestly don't know why, you know, they're not scoring at this point. I mean, it's just easy to say just hoof it up to Barrage and let him, you know, do his magic or whatever, but if you know your designated striker can't even do anything, well then what does that do for the rest of the team? I have this theory. Um that the fire have lost their trust in Barrich and to a lesser extent O uh O4, because O four A is a different type of player than Barrich, so he does different things. And B it's his first season at a level like this. I doubt the Latvian League or wherever he came from was as good as Major League Soccer. Well, you see, I I agree with the Barrich part, but I don't agree with the Afour part. I think when Afour was out in the field, I think the Fire were playing way much better than when Barrich stepped on. I think I think well, I, not trusting Afour is probably I mean, I understand what you're saying, but the numbers I, don't the numbers actually don't bear that out. When, when you're looking at, at the stat sheet, um, mm-hmm. Barrich had five shots, 04 had zero. So. But Barrich always shoots, whether it's, you know, 
um let's let's just do a recent like more recent comparison like Nikolic he shot when you know he had the ball that's like what is doing right now the difference is if you gave him three if you gave Noani Nikolic three opportunities to score he was going to score one yeah but Uh, I I will defend a four I don't think the players oh this is I think they know that he's new and right but but, right but but with 04, I, I think it's two different non-trust. They don't trust 04 in the sense that they understand that he's still getting his feet wet, so they'll feel the need to try and step up. With Barrett, it's like they know they can't trust him to score, so why bother giving him the ball? And I think that's the thing. When people talk about a lack of service, I don't. I think that's intentional. Because if you look at the way the midfield play, the midfield are playing pretty well. I know there are some people who are down on uh, Alvaro Madron specifically because of his lack of production, but he's taking on taking on the box to box Dax McCarty role, and Dax McCarty didn't get a lot forward or have a lot of goals for the Fire, right? He was more like the guy you trusted to keep the ball and be the bridge between your creative players, who at this moment are um, Lucas Stojanovic and Ignacio Aliceta. So Madron's job is to get those two the ball and let them work. I think it and I think, been, I think he's done a pretty good job of that. Yeah, no. Whether that's worth a million dollars or not is a different question, but he's done his job properly. And Stojanovic and Ali Seda are are creating the chances, except they don't want to give Robert Barrett the ball because they know he's not going to score it. So what's the point of giving him the ball? I'm just going to take a shot from 15, 20 yards away. And you saw that. Um, until Robert Barrett came into the game... Uh, the midfield were the ones taking all the shots, except on corners when the ball found, you know, Francisco Calva's head or whatever. And in regards to the midfield, I think the only blight is uh, Gaston Jimenez. I know it's not fair to knock a man down. Well, you know, he's not currently with the club. He's on international duty. But when he was playing, I think he he was the weak link of the midfield. I think and- Mauricio Pineda has been better than Jimenez has played. I, I do mm-hmm. agree with that. I think... Um, he's had a lot of quiet games, which is sort of what you want out of the number six. You want him to be steady. You want him to, to get the ball out, start attacks, and also, you know, keep the ball, which the fire do a very good job of keeping the ball. That's not the problem. The problem, obviously, is, is putting the ball in the back of the net, and they need to find... Well, I, I mean, at this point... The transfer window opens in on the 7th of July. So that is uh, two weeks from Wednesday. So they've got one, two, three. I think they've got like four games or something um, in between now and the transfer window. So we're stuck with this for another two weeks. But they better sign somebody who can come in and try and make an impact. But uh, going back to um, possession, like we said in the midfield, 
and a player who's actually improved on that front since last season, also in the midfield. Um, oh, I forgot his name. <laughs> this is bad. Um, I'm sorry. It's uh, Aliceda. He the young TP. Yeah, no, he's he's done. He did a very good job. He's improved. Um, I think, you know, he he kept the ball. He passed really well. I think. Um, the game during Columbus, and yeah, he was he was able to do all sorts of stuff that he wasn't able to do or wasn't confident enough to do in the early season and last season. So yeah, he he had a ninety five percent pass completion percentage. He also um, was able uh, to win most of his duels and. Uh, he was able to complete dribbles around players, which is something he wasn't doing early in the season. And that's one of the things you mentioned. He now has the confidence to do. He's getting around guys with the ball and he's keeping the ball instead of trying to get around guys and, and losing possession. That's good to see. Um, that's what I mean about the positives. The, the midfield, once again, the midfield for the fire is the bright spot for this club. Um, and I guess the goalkeeping as well. It could have been a lot worse if uh, Bobby Shuttleworth wasn't in the back of the net, I suppose. Um, neither. He could do nothing about either of the two goals, I think. Um, I mean, I think the goalkeeping's in the goalkeeping at this point. I mean, Shuttleworth, isn't, he's not offensively bad. Like, you know, no. Um, like, Cronholm and not Sanchez and... Uh, Jorge Bava. Well, he got injured in like two games then. It's not fair. Oh, Matt Lamson. There you go. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah, the goalkeeping is what it is. I actually think once Cronholm gets healthy, I think Shuttleworth should continue to start. I want to talk about the defense because the defense was interesting. Right? You've got Carlos Tehran, who only played 14 minutes before getting the start. I don't know why they didn't start Wyatt Ohmsberg again. Maybe there was a matchup thing. Um, I actually thought he's, after his traumatically terrible life flashing before your eyes pass in like the second minute or whatever, I actually thought he played okay. Um, I mean, he, he almost got a goal through a header, right. I believe. I yeah, he was, yeah that was. I think that was his off only of, defining moment. Off I, like in my a corner. Opinion, I I think Omsberg started. I agree. No, I agree. I think Omsberg is a better player, but like it wasn't a burn your house down disaster. I, I think if you Francisco Calvo once again. Um doesn't like to talk to people, which is the real problem, I think. I think it's a communication. It's all communication, and it's bad. And I think if anything is to be said about, like, like a number one reason if you were to fire Raphael Wiki at this point, is it's because he can't get the defense properly organized. Um, I think at some point... Obviously, it's the players, but at some point, it's coaching as well, right? 
Um, I don't know if it's because they don't believe in his defensive schemes or because they're stubborn and they don't care or what. I think it's because they're stubborn, actually, and I think it's Calvo. You can only do so much as a coach. And at this point, it's just Calvo. I mean, I I hate talking about him this much. It's been how many episodes? Like basically, at least once an episode since he got here. So that was halfway through the first season of this podcast. We're now on the tenth episode of season three. So that's twenty-eight because we do one for each game at least. So twenty-eight. The season preview is are 29 and 30 the season's reviews are 30 and 31 plus like 10 games at the end of the 2019 season so a long time but you know what if he scores the winning goal in a cup final i'll get the lakefront kit with his name on it but there 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 is no cut final mls cup that's There, there there's no cup final this season rj i hate to tell you but unless they figure out this goal scoring situation to mask some of their defensive flaws that it doesn't seem like are, are going to get let up, um, it doesn't. It's not going to happen. Does the Fireface FC Dallas? Can we, I'll count that as a cup final. No, you, will you count that as a cup final? If Francisco. Think, uh, let's. Okay. I'm going to look at Calvo, if you're listening to this, if you score the winner against FC Dallas. I will get a kit with your name on it and donate fifty dollars to a charity you're choosing. Um. All right. Let's see. Schedule. Do the fire play FC Dallas? Um. They do not play FC Dallas this season. Okay. Next season. <laughs> so, if he stole, no. He. His his contract's yeah, up at the end of the season. No, he has an option. He has a team option, and if the team pick up his option, which they will, um, well, if they pick up his option, then you're gonna have to get the pitchforks and torches out, man. Charge right down to Rafael Wiki's office, because that's that. That's what that is. Then, then we gotta, then we gotta run George Heights out of town if they pick up Francisco Calvo's option. For next year, that's that's sort of what happens. Speaking of next year, there's big news. Actually, actually, before we get to the logo, I want to ask you about who the fire should bring in. If we're still going to talk about the team, we might as well have it all in, in one segment here. Um, in because like, like striker, oh, striker, striker, yeah. But the answer is pretty obvious. It's Josie Altador, right? It's it's him, or I've always said it, Daniel Sturridge. He's not doing anything. Um, and they will have the international slots because both Robert Barich and Lukas Dajanovic went and got green cards. So they do have room for one more international player. But I don't know if that's who they're going to bring in. Um, but yeah, I mean... Like I said, I'm all here for Josie Altador or the Bobby Wood uh, 
rehabilitation tour. Bobby Wood is in Utah. Is with, he playing? I, I know he's in with RSL, but is he playing? Is the question. I. You know what I mean. So. I don't. I don't actually know if he's playing. Um. He isn't. He actually just got there. Uh, okay, so he'll be there in July 1st. Okay. Um, so, well, we'll see how that goes in RSL. Uh, I I think the Flyers should sign Josie Altidore, honestly. Well, since uh, if, if the club's going to look towards Europe, um, th- that blue club in Germany got relegated, I think they should pick up some options from there, like a... Um, U.S. player. He's not with the national team, but there's Matthew Hope, Hop, Matthew Hoppy. Yeah, Hoppy. yeah, Matthew up. That's interesting. I think he he's probably more. I think he's probably more interested in in signing with a uh, Bundesliga, another Bundesliga club, probably. Um, but that's but you can always send him an offer sheet, right? Um, the problem is they don't have. Do you, do you straight swap? Maybe you straight swap Altidore for Barrage and throw in some cash. Um, because maybe Barrage just needs to get out of here. Maybe maybe going to Toronto and playing with a guy like um, Pozuelo will help him. Um, you know, I don't even think he'll perform anywhere in MLS. I know that's a bold statement to say, but I I doubt a guy who who couldn't even pull double digits and Uber Eats can last in MLS. I think he should, I don't know, probably go to a lower, lower you, tier. You really hate League On, don't you? I'm, I'm calling it by its name. You really hate League On. Um, all right, let's talk about the new logo. It's out. Um, I think it looks pretty good, I think, on the poll. Uh, to grade it, I think I gave it a B. It's not the original logo. I think the original logo was perfect. And I, I honestly think they'll get back to it eventually in some form. Maybe they'll trade out the navy for flag blue on the old logo. Um, but you know, for 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 what we got, um. I think it's pretty good. I think the photoshopped version of it on the lakefront kit or the, or the away kit, the white one, I think that's really nice. It is. Um, but what what are your thoughts on it? It's okay. Um, I mean, if if I were to give it a video game rating, it's seven point five out of ten. It's all right. Um, too much water or too much blue. Uh, Actually, I don't mind the blue as long as it's not navy. As long as it's not too New England revolutiony. Um, if if you see the MLS, you, if you know how the MLS um, watermark looks like um, with the the stars and the thing and the slash on the bottom, I actually like that. The primary uh, colors. The primary color of each team is on the top of it. And if you look, red is the primary color 
of the team. So, um, the lack of red doesn't exactly bother me if you think about it in terms of red. Red being the color of the word mark, it's the primary color of the kits that will come in 2024 because Adidas are being unaccommodating. Um, I, I can't wait till their contract. I, I hope MLS... like It ends at the end of that season. I know. I hope MLS lets team choose. I mean, I'm... they'll never they'll never they'll never let teams choose because of the single entity structure they don't want teams to end up with quote unquote lesser companies like because because you're going to get like like for example you're going to get a bidding like seattle is going to get a bidding war uh, New England, uh, the the Galaxy are probably going to get a bidding war. Um, Portland will choose Nike because Nike is headquartered there. Um, but like, I don't know who's going to want to do Orlando City kits. Like, MLS does not want to have like Joma do kits for teams in their league. I, I know, and that sucks. I mean, yeah, majority Joma kits are awful, but they're also they're also a pretty good company. Like I, I personally want like I I have nothing against Adidas. I love Adidas, but I personally want to see Umbro in MLS. I hope you know Umbro is like a Umbro is a dead company. I just like the logo. The, Umbro is a subsidiary of Nike now. You know that, right? They're a dead company. Yeah. So. Like, not even England puts Umbro on their jerseys anymore. They haven't since, like, 2004. Right. They haven't since Nike bought Umbro. So we can forget about Umbro. Um, It's not 1996, RJ. Uh, But Major League Soccer doesn't want... Don't want some of their teams to feel lesser than their other teams, which is why um, they have a deal like this. I mean, that's, it, it all depends on, you know, perception of what's lesser or not. I understand the reasoning with MLS for that, but I mean, there are a lot of teams like world-class teams out there who, you know, are, their kits are provided by, you know, quote unquote, lesser companies like Liverpool up until recently, they had new balance. Um, That's because, right. And they got rid of new balance Yeah, because new balance is a lesser company. And I, I mean, going back to Umbro, I mean, you can question West Ham's stance out in the league, but they have on their kits and I don't know. It, it it's no it, it is perception um you are a unicorn i suppose in the sense where you want the best kit but there are people who will go out and buy kits because of the manufacturer and you've got to realize you will sell more kits with a nike or adidas 
than you would uh, Joma or like uh, Hummel. But there's there's also a recent kit revival as of late. I mean, uh, who who was who was who was like because I, I see this around, but the the early '90s Manchester United kit with with their sharp um, sponsorship. Who that was Adidas. Hold on, let me look it up. It was both Umbro and Adidas. So. Yeah, but we've already discussed Umbro. Yeah. So, no. But, um, yeah, twenty. The, the deal, by the way, ends after the 2024 season, and I don't know if they're going to re-up. The other thing is um, you have to get the kits. The, the other reason they do the single-entity kit sponsor thing is because of Generation Adidas, or when, when they were with Nike, uh, Project 40. You have to get the shoe company behind the the college player initiative and one of the things with adidas is that they're willing to fork over the money to the generation adidas contracts um and if that's something that they want to continue uh then um then they're going to have to find someone to do that and i think i think ultimately what's going to end up happening is they're going to resign with adidas i mean we all know they are so um which is kind of unfortunate i'd i'd like to see nike back in it um but same here or, i mean adidas is fine but i'm just tired of it or, there, there's, all, there, there's always kappa no you, you can't have that like I love their logo. It's so audacious, but this is America. This is America, man. You can't you can't be doing that. You'll have John Cass popping up out of his wherever right whatever right wing blog <laughs> decides to sign him to to shake his fists at the fire in Kappa shirts or whatever. Um, you know, I want that happen just to see that happen. No, I want John Cass to go away forever and never show up ever again in my consciousness. Well, you just uh, mentioned him. You gave him free publicity here. I just want to celebrate the fact that he's gone, okay? Can I can can I have that on this podcast, please? Um to celebrate that. I'm I'm happy. I can re- resub to the world's greatest newspaper. You mean the no. The the everybody's leaving the Tribune. It's no longer the world's greatest newspaper. I know it sucks. I saw my sometimes sub, so um the next bit of business we have is Patrick Niako is a coach of the Fires Academy team now, which is exciting. Um, let's go down this here press release. He's going to be working with the U19s, which is sort of the last team before you get to this new 
MLS Next Academy League, essentially the the reserve league. Um, so that's new and exciting. Um, I'm glad he's back in the organization. Um, Patrick Nyaka was always a guy I could go to in the locker room for a quote. And he was always very intelligent about the game. Um, he, he understood the game on a level that, and, and talked about it on a level that you don't really hear a lot of players talk about the game. Um, and I, I think he's going to do a good job getting these U19 players who are ready to turn professional. Uh, I think he's going to do a, a good job getting them to that next professional level. Um, he's, he's basically Elliot Collier, but with skill. Like he has that footballing brain. Yeah. And he has the and, skills to back it up. Mm-hmm. He... When he played here, he was drafted in 2008, which was my junior year of high school. Um, so I basically watched his entire career, and, and he was undone by head injuries, um, which is unfortunate. Um, he he went off to DC United there at the end of his career, along with Chris Rolfe. Um, but... He he scored. He did. He scored 19 goals from the wing, with um, thank you, 39 assists. Uh, and then he moved on to play 40 games at DC at the end of his career. I I always loved watching him play. He was deliberate. He was intelligent, and he was very gifted athletically. And, and I'm glad he is back in the organization. And maybe he'll start tweeting again. But I doubt it. So if you think the off chance Wiki does get sacked, do you think he'll be interim coach? <laughs> no. He's he's with the Academy. No. Uh, if Wiki gets sacked, Frank Lopez is taking the bench for the rest of the season. Uh, it's. I'd rather see New York. <laughs> uh, New York, he probably doesn't have the proper license. I mean, if we can get green cards as fast as we can for some players, I'm no, sure U.S. Is- no, U.S. soccer don't be like that. It it ain't like that. Um, I like how they photoshopped the new background in his picture on the fire website because he's in. He, first of all, he's in a DC United polo. You can tell because it's white and black. He's in a DC United polo in this picture. Um, and they shopped in the background um, with the the new fire um, background. It's funny to me. Old fire, old new fire background. The old new fire background. Um, yeah. Uh, so I thought that was amusing. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about Wednesday. Uh, Fire are playing FC Cincinnati at home. They, you absolutely have to win this game, right? You do, but 
I mean, at this point, who knows? I mean, I think, like the Fire, they have one win. I don't know how many draws they have. Maybe they have... Um, uh, let's see. They have one draw. They have a draw. Against uh, Nashville. Yep. They have that draw against Nashville. That 2-2 draw... And they've scored. They also they've scored um, five goals this season. But aside from that two-two draw, they've also only scored three goals this season. Uh, so they have the same number of goals at the fire. You have to win this game. This is the game. I think you're going to see. If the fire managed to lose this game, I think you see Wiki fired the next day. And Frank Klopas on the bench on Saturday. Um, that's where I come out on this. What about you? I think he should be fired, but like I said, I don't think he will get fired. I don't, um... Even if they lose against Cincinnati? Even if they lose against Cincinnati, I think... After the transfer window, I think if, if the Fire do get someone in the transfer window, and if you think they're going to give him a couple of games with a new striker to see, yeah, it's probably true. That's Unf- that's my hot take, uh, TM. Yeah, that's probably true. I I probably believe that. It's you know it is what it is. I don't want like I said I don't want to see him get fired because I don't want Frank Klopas back on the bench. That's where I'm. Um, I think that's where both, I don't know about the overall fandom and the hashtag, but um, I actually think I did see a tweet the other day, someone asking for Klopas to be back on the bench or to be, to manage. Were they like a five-year-old in 2012? The last time he was the manager of the fire, it was a disaster. Or 2013. It was a disaster. I was in the locker room for that team. It was terrible. I think they're just writing off nostalgia from from something <laughs> from something that does from the 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 one and done playoff game against Houston on Halloween where he got the tactics absolutely wrong and they got hammered that's what the that's the nostalgia for the Frank Klopas led Chicago Fire and then the disaster that was 2013 that's that anyway we're going to get on out of here um it's been an interesting show, a bit melancholy, but it is what it is. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at the Hotcast. Email us northlotpodcast at gmail.com. I'm still working on that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ruben Tish. Find him on Twitter at RGA underscore zero two. That is it for us. We will see you next Monday where we will have two games to talk about and maybe a manager firing. We shall see. Who knows? Have a good uh, rest of your week and hope that your happiness doesn't depend on fire results.